0: Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. Now, last week we started our series on dealing with on holiness, and I pray that you are beginning to grasp holiness because it's so important. The Bible talks about when the Lord comes back, he that is holy, let him be holy still. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. So when the Lord comes back, and we know that that's in, that's, that, that day is, is very close. It's imminent. It's very close to us, and we don't know. It could be in the next hour. It could be in the next month, the next year, or the next 10 years. But we feel as though it is very, very close to us. So it could be in the next moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We do know this. So how are we supposed to be living knowing that we could be out of here at any moment? The world has gripped us in such a way that we're falling from the very presence of God. It's, it's almost as if we 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 know He's real. We know that the stuff that we see in the earth are all signs that are pointing to something big that must has to happen. But inside of us, our emotional state is in an upright, upright to the point that we're not really sensing the Spirit like we should. We're not into His presence like we ought to be. If somebody (laughs) saved your life, if somebody had a gun pulled on you, and somebody came in and talked him out of it, you would be praising that person because they saved your life. Jesus saved you. From the depth of hell. And we're waiting on a feeling to be committed to him. Where he put his own life on the line for us. Went to hell for us. And we can't be no more committed than what we are. That's why in the last days you got to realize you're fighting against spiritual beings. There's spirits that make you feel like, oh, it is too drowsy outside to come to church. You know, I got, to, I got to get my nails done. You know, my hair is in a wreck. It was in a wreck all week. You didn't take off your job. Anyway, you just a preacher. you just saying that, yeah, because I want you to hear what God is saying to his church. I want you to hear what you must be doing. The Bible called me to be accountable, to prepare you to do the work of the ministry. And these things that I'm teaching you about, get your emotions together. You know, trying to live a holy lifestyle, trying to be sanctified. These are things that you've got to do if you're going to do what God wants you to do, if you're going to be used by God. Today I'm going to say some things that's real powerful, and you might think that it's offensive, but I'm going to tell you it's in the Scriptures. And it's going to be up to you to yield to it and to do it. God wants to use you, but you know what? How many of you are like using a dirty glass? No hands went up. It's nasty. But are you thirsty? Can't you just get past the filth? Mm -hmm. Everybody want a clean instrument. So does your God. And there's some stuff that you're going to have to set aside. Some stuff you're going to have to put away from you if you want to be used by God. Some of the scriptures, I I started to change, but I said, I'm through trying to change stuff. I'm going to give you what God gave me, and that's going to be it. If you can't handle it, then you talk to God about it because he wrote it. (laughs) Amen. He wrote it. He put it in his word. And because you don't like it, you want me to skip over it. Well, I can't do that, you know. So I have to give you what he has given me. And today you're going to hear some stuff that you might not want to hear. But I'm warning you on the front end so you can get yourself together, okay? All right. So uh, part two of holiness, we're going to start with Leviticus chapter 2. I mean, Leviticus 19, what do I start with? Yeah, Leviticus 19 chap, uh, 19, verse 2 from the New Living Translation. I will use some King James, but I'm using uh, uh, New Living Translation for right now. Give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. At that point, God was only dealing with his people, Israel, okay? Today he's dealing with us, the church, the Christian folks, all right? So this goes for you too, okay? You must be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy that's trying to tell you something. He said, because I'm holy, you're going to have to understand what holiness is. Anything that comes in contact with God becomes holy. If you come in contact with God, you will be holy. As a matter of fact, the more you come in contact with his presence, the holier you become. People may say you're holier than thou. That may be a true statement. Because you don't know how thou are being holy. You don't know what they are doing. So therefore, holiness becomes personal to you. That means you have an aspect of holiness that you're going to have to see. And I'm going to show you that today so you'll know what you must do in holiness. There's three main points I want to pick out today. Holiness is for everyone that wants his presence. How How many of you want to be in his presence? Okay, How many of you really want to feel the Lord's presence? Mm-hmm. Then you got to be holy. I told you last week, holiness is simply from God's standard. It's being set apart for God's use. So when you look at holiness, holiness is not you setting God aside for your use and where we missed and messed it up at. We feel as though that, God, when I use, when I need you, God, I know where I can find you. You on your throne. And I need you to stay there on your throne. So when I need you, I know where to find you. In the meantime, God, I got some things I need to be doing. You can't get involved with this because you're on your throne. I know where I left you, so you stay there while I do what I want to do. That's setting God aside for your use. That is wrong. That's twisted. No, God set you aside for his use. So therefore, you can't do what you want to do, just like you're telling God. He has to stay there. God said, no, you stay put on these principles that I place you on. Don't go to the right and don't go to the left. Why? Because I'm using you, and all of us want to be used by God. There's something inside of us that tells us, I want to be used by God. But God can't use us like he wants to use us unless we're going to be holy. Amen? Anything we found last week that comes in contact with God becomes holy. So it's not just when Moses stood up on the mountain. The mountain, when God ascended down on the mountain, the Bible called that mountain holy. The holy mountain of God. Well, that bush that was burning, it became the holy bush. The ground that Moses was standing on became holy ground. Moses, take your shoes off your feet. Why? Because you're standing on holy ground. So when things come in contact with God, it becomes holy. Amen? So, there has to be instructions for holy living. If God really wants to be holy, he had to leave some instructions for us so that we would know how to live holy. So, many of you in here maybe not, never understood and I told you last week how many of you all uh, was a, was, was a mongrel. You know, how many of you all were, and you say, I don't know what that was, what that means. Well, how do you know what holiness is? unless you define it by God's standards. You might say you're holy because of the way you dress, and that's not holiness. Amen? If you really understand holiness, it's going to make a, have an impact on how you live your life. How many of you in here are holy? That means that you realize God has set you aside for his use. That means you can't do what you want to do, you have to realize I'm sanctified or set apart for God's use. God has a work that He wants me to do, and He set me aside so He can use that work, so He can do that work. Amen. I had that glass up there, and somebody called me and said, "Pastor," I said, "I, said, I got so much out of message." I said, "What you get?" They said, "Not to drink your water." <laughs> the water was an analogy that. And I think she got it, but it was an analogy that it was just for me. It was sanctified. It's set apart for my use. It doesn't matter how thirsty you get. This is for God's use. Can I hit you with something that's real heavy that you might get mad about? That tithe is for God's use. It's set aside for his use. You can't touch that. The Bible says if you mess with my money, you owe me a fifth part. 20%. If you couldn't pay 10, how are you going to pay 20? So God said there's there's penalties on touching things that belong to me. And I'm going to go through scriptures and tell you about it so that you'll know, and we're not going to deal with today because I want to deal with you, but I will get to the point where you start seeing the penalties when you decide to mess with God's stuff. Amen? Two people died because they messed with it. And that was in the New Testament. An innocent man, I told you last week, lost his life because he put his hand up to try to protect the, the ark from falling. And God struck him dead. There's something about holiness we need to take heed to and look at and handle it because some of you all are cursed because you're messing with holy stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of your ends can't come together because you're killing the root because you're not being holy. I'm going to show you a scripture where the Bible says where the lump is holy, If the branches are holy, the roots are holy, the roots are holy, the lump, everything, it, it all works together. So not only that, but he's going to give us instructions, but one of the things that jumped out at me when I was reading the scripture, he said that you must be. You must be. That's almost a command. You must be. In other words, your conduct really does matter. How you carry yourself, it really does matter. You can't do certain things because you represent the kingdom of God. So with the issues that you have in your life, you're going to have to set those aside so that you can realize that you're being holy. One of my great things I always say, it ought to bother you to cuss somebody out. Your conduct matters. It ought to bother you if you cuss somebody out. You know, some, I, the, 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 the youth group asked me this morning, I say I don't think no cuss of me, but my kids sure be trying to bring something out. And it can get close enough, too, but i like, you know, I can't do that. And I said, well, it might be still in there, so don't y'all test me. You know, I think they all out, but every now and then, they, they gets me to a point where they want to pull something out of me that I know shouldn't even be there. So you don't know what's in you. That's why you need to be sanctified or set apart for God's use. And I'm going to deal with this sanctification today so that you understand how that goes. But your conduct does matter. It greatly affects how God uses you or can use you. To touch the lives of others. There are certain people that you want to touch, but they're going to have to have a touch of God. Amen. Yes, God in us, the hope of glory, but there's a point in time where God wants to manifest himself through you. Okay? Okay. And we talked about it in, the, in the fruits of the spirit. There are nine manifestations that God want to use. It might be a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. God want to manifest himself through you, but you've got to realize that you set apart so that you won't get in the way. Amen? All right, watch this. Let me go on farther so that you can be able to follow us as we go forward today. You have a very, very unique, special part to play in this. In Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7 and 8, King James Version for this time, sanctify yourselves. Okay? Now, you've got to watch this because it's a two thing. Not only are you holy, but your part in this is sanctification. Sanctification is simply the same thing, being set apart. But on one side, being holy is when God sets you apart. Sanctification is when you set apart. Now, God also sanctifies you or sets you apart, but he's trying to get you to understand that you have a, place to, a, a job to play in this as well. So if you being set apart by God, then by you having a will to choose, you have to choose. Okay, God, I'm going to watch what goes on in my life because I don't want to make you look bad. Because you call me to be kings and priests, I'm not going to act like heathens. I have to put myself under control. So now you see you're going a little bit deeper with this. Not only did God sanctify you or set you apart To be holy, to be like him, he's telling you, you got to do something with yourself. So sanctify yourself, therefore, and be holy. Sanctify yourself and be holy because God already called you or called you to be holy. Now, this is a process that you're going to be holy is that you're going to realize that I've got to put myself aside. Yeah, God said, you know what, I'm a Christian. How many of you are Christians? Amen. Everybody here. Now, how many of you have sanctified yourself? Don't raise your hands. I don't want to make you lie. Because you sanctified means you set apart. You can't do what your friends do. You can't go where they go. You can't drink what they drink. You you must even abstain from the appearance of evil. Well, I drank what they drank, but I didn't have no alcohol. But it looked like you did. So how sanctified are we? Are we sanctified based on our own understanding? Or are we sanctified based on what God said and how God want to use us? See, we want the anointing to flow in our life. We want to be, be called and we want to have that anointing flowing through our life so we touch people, they get healed, and, and our finances come into alignment and all this stuff go on and happen. But we don't want to really be sanctified. We still want to do our own thing. We want to watch what we want to watch, say what we want to say, and go where we want to go, and they can't do that. I can't do everything that I want to do because I am holy. And because I'm holy, I realize I am sanctified. There's certain limitations I put on myself where I am not going to do. Are you getting this? All right. Why am I sanctifying myself? Sanctify yourself, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. And you shall keep my statutes and do them I am the Lord which sanctifies you. So how does God sanctify you? With his statutes, with his word. So now, the more you study his word, the more the word goes into you, and when the word goes in you, that mess comes out of you. If you're not, that's why it's important to come to Bible study. That's why it's important to read your Bible, because when more word goes in you, that evil or that darkness has to come out of you. Some of your evil ways will just run away if you just spend more time in the word. You hear me? Some people get delivered just by being in the word, under the word, sitting amongst the word. But you got to do your part. You got to submit yourself. Joshua 3 and 5, King James Version says this. Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves. Don't, not God. No, you sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. How many of you want God to do some wonders among you? Then today, sanctify yourself." Set yourself apart so when that hour of visitation, when that moment comes when God wants to use you, He can. He may want to set you in a business because people ain't gonna listen to you unless you got something. But God can't set you up because you won't set yourself apart. God wants to do more for you. He wants to do wonders among you, but you won't do your part and you wonder why God ain't moving. The stuff I'm getting ready to is gonna cost me, I know it. Especially in the church. Because when I can't let you do this and I can't let you do that, you're going to get mad and you're going to leave. And being a young church, you, you know, and I'm going to tell you this. Most of y'all don't understand it, but numbers do matter. Mm-hmm. Numbers do matter. And I'm going to tell you so because the fact that God wants us to be able to win many souls. Those who win souls is wise. You ought to be winning thousands and millions of souls. So they do matter. So they matter to the church, they matter to me, they matter to God. So let's stop tripping and stop playing games. You know, it don't matter if one comes. Yeah, it don't matter, but it does matter. Thank God for that one, but we need a hundred thousand. We need as many souls we can to come to the Lord, all right? So with that in mindset, then God knows that there are certain things that matters to you in your life, and he wants to be able to help you get those things, First, seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things that you're looking for, that you're seeking for, will be added because you got yourself right. God can bless you. This is going to make more sense to you as we go forward. But God says, sanctify yourself so that you can be used or you can see the wonders of God in your life. Sanctify simply means set apart, okay? It's not how you dress. and We thought... um, when we was growing up, we used to see people with them long dresses on that they were sanctified. You could point them out and they sanctified. Yeah, no, they dressed that way. That was just their dress, that wasn't their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We were Baptists, but they were sanctified. We even got to the point where we started believing it so much that we, you know, not knocking down any other religion, but when they say the saints are coming, well, 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 well we were like, yeah, the saints are coming. Well, who are you? You know, you're already here. you already a saint. So, so they coming, but I guess you're going. So our concept were off in the church, and nobody stopped for a minute to think of how God was thinking about it. Baby, you just as sanctified and might be even more so. So stop looking at everybody else and look at yourself and see, that have you set some things aside that you won't do because you're holy? It's not in your dress, and don't mean that you can dress any kind of way, okay? Because there is a way that you've got to look so that you won't be... uh, I'm trying to find a good word for it. Well, you know, all right, because I won't say nothing ugly. So, yeah, so you won't be tempted. Thank you, Elder. If that's not a good word, he gave it to me. All right, So, so... you gotta look away that you're not being tempted. And there's some people who got lust all in them. And they're gonna be tempted, and I don't care what. You know, you can dress with that with that thing the way that a uh, Muslim dress with all this on oh, they and they still gonna be tempted. So some folks you can't help, okay? But just don't you go out there trying intentionally tempt people because you have some issues on the inside of you. You know, when you got issues on the inside of you, you and somebody been talking bad about you, putting you down, you wanna feel good, so you wanna dress good. If I dress good, I feel good. If I feel good, I, I you know, come on, you know. No, no, no. Your worth comes out of your relationship with God. The fact that He sanctifies you or sets you apart for His use. Once you've been sanctified and you're holy, everybody can't use you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody can't use you if you're sanctified, if you're set apart. Okay? Now that's twofold. Meaning that. Unequally yoked people ain't gonna make it together. It also means that people ain't gonna God ain't not gonna let people get over on you. People can't use you. People could mean your demise, or they could hate you. But but God said, "I make your enemies your footstool. Mm-hmm. They dig a ditch for you, and they will fall therein." So there are benefits for living holy. People can't use, they can't get over on you unless you let them, unless you want them to. Okay? All right. So let's keep going. Sanctified means be set apart. When God told us to be holy, he was instructing us to use, for us to be distinct from the world. Therefore, we have special rules to govern our lives. You have a special set of rules to govern your life. These rules are found in God's word. And you must study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. you got to do your part because what God says to me is to me. And it just so happens that he placed me to be a pastor. So as a pastor, I'm explaining to you what he has told me in my interpretation of it. While you're sitting there and you're reading and you hear God can be telling you something totally different. It's something about that word. It transcends what we think. It's powerful enough to go into your heart, your world, your condition, and speak directly to you while I'm saying what it says to me. So that's why you're cheating yourself if you don't study for yourself. Don't come in here and just take my word for it. You better study to show thyself approved. Get into that word yourself. When I don't understand it, you don't know what you understand until you get in it. I used to tell my mom a long time I didn't like greens. And she kept cooking them. And I kept being hungry. And one night, everybody was gone doing whatever they wanted to do. The green was still in the oven. And I went in there and got me not a fork but a spoon. One of them big, big spoon, teaspoon, teaspoon cup, or whatever. But I grabbed them greens out of that and I ate them greens. I put it back in there real quick. Woo. I didn't know what I liked. Because my mama had gave me some options, but when she started taking them options away, them greens got so good. Now I got to figure out how to go back and tell my mama that things changed and I like greens. Because I was sneaking and getting them. Every time she got through cooking them, I'm sneaking to that grit When I could have enjoyed them, my pride was in the way, and I was trying to continue to pretend that I didn't like them. Some of y'all don't know what you like until you try it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Go study for yourself. Look in the Word for yourself. I guarantee you something's going to jump out at you, and it's going to get you, and you're going to say, my goodness. And when that burning begins to start in your life, it changes everything around you. It begins to consume you. Jeremiah says, like fire shut up at my bone. I said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but 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 I can't. Help it. He's just that good to me. That I've got to tell somebody. As Christians, we have been set apart as God's chosen nation. Therefore, we must cleanse ourselves. Because you've been set aside, baby, you've got to cleanse yourself. you got to do this. For the betterment of your generation, for your children, for yourself, for your livelihood, for your finances, for your job. I don't care if that job go down. Uh, excuse me. That's how you get getting paid. You do care. So you want to set yourself aside so God can even work through you to bless that boss. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't realize what God is doing when he's setting you aside. He wants to work through you. So God will bless your business. He will bless your company. He will bless whatever he has to bless so you can be blessed. Just for you. You stop cheating yourself. We've got to get to this point in time. We see everything happening. Everything happened the way God said it was. Well, if everything is happened the way He said it was, He also said that you are a royal priesthood. You're peculiar. You are a holy nation. Come on now, you're royal. You are royalty. And with royalty, what baby, you can't what tw- you can't you can't touch royalty. You can't touch royalty. In America, we don't understand that. You know, everybody come up and shake the, the, the first lady's hand and all this and all this. But in England, when, she, when the queen came over and the first lady took her hand out and shake it, and I said, oh, 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 oh. you can't touch royalty. I don't care about your customs in your country, but from where we come from, you don't touch royalty. Mm-hmm. See, you royalty. God called you royalty. Everybody can't touch you. Uh-huh. You can't do this. You got to know your value, your own worth. All right. So, as Christians, we are called to co-labor with the Lord. So, God's going to do his part. When are you going to do yours? We're working together with this. God said, okay, I've called you holy. I'm setting you aside for my use, but now you got to sanctify yourself so that I can flow through you. Yeah, the outside is good and clean, but I need you to get the inside straight now. Now, i help you with it, but you've got to decide that you're going to let me help you. That's why we are co-laborers together. How do I let him help you? 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us. And not only forgive us, but cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. So there's some stuff in you that you want to hang on to, but you've got to admit to God that you're wrong. And when you admit to a God, I'm wrong for this. Now, God, you got to help me. God says, you know what? You confess that that's sin. You ain't hiding it from me. You're not arguing with me about it. It is sin. So, therefore, you know what? I can cleanse you from it. Now, that cleansing may be a process, some of it may be instantaneous. Some of you may have to go through the process. Some of you right now are going through the process of being cleansed. Again, how many of you curse like you used to curse? No, nobody. One, one. Okay, that's all right, babe. You ain't hear for good. <laughs> she said she still curse like she used to curse. That's all right God's in the process of cleansing. Stay on this word and let God do it. Now how many of y'all y'all don't curse like you used to curse? But you used to curse though, didn't you? Uh-huh. How many of y'all still curse? Processes. Processing. Processing. He's processing you. He's taking you from one step to the next step. Okay? So don't get mad. Don't be bent down. You know, I'm not telling you to live in your sins, but I'm telling you, he's processing you out of that. Amen? That last word that you've been holding on to might come up one day in a a, uh, a bad moment, and that's the last time you're going to hear that word again because when it comes up, it it embarrasses you so much that you say, you know what, that's the last time I'm going to hold on to any word because some of y'all are still holding on to a word. Okay? And it ain't a word from the Lord. All right? Okay, watch this. Sanctification or saint, that's where we get the word from saint from, from being sanctified, or set apart. It involves improvement in our what character? How is that improvement brought? It's brought about the truth, the truth of God's word. If you don't take the truth of God's word, then baby, you cannot be sanctified. Because this is going to be the word that's going to sanctify you. The Bible says that I washed you by my word. So the more word comes in, it's just like you putting yourself in a, in, a, in a washing machine. It's just shaking itself on the inside of you. And you should not be comfortable with the old way of you that you've been doing things. That sanctification process begins to work inside of you, and that agent or that washing power that God puts in you is the word of God. And that word of God shakes all that mess loose. And it falls to the ground and should die. It is the Word working in us that brings our fleshly nature more and more under control or under the influence by the Holy Spirit. I had to learn this. Nobody was able to tell me this. But the more I spend in God's Word, let me tell you this. Uh, I have certain scriptures that I confess on a daily basis, and I told you this before. And when I confess those scriptures, you know, life just smooths along, and when I have big business deals that I have to make, oh, I really grab that Word, Okay. You see, you hear what I'm saying? Some of y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Some of y'all pray when you have a need. Some of us pray all the time, in season and out. There are some times when you have a bigger need, you have a bigger prayer. Okay? I was like that. I had a bigger need, and I know that. Well, God, you know what? I know where I put you. So I really need you to get this business deal for me. If you help me with this, God, I'll pay my tithe. Well, You're supposed to pay your tithe anyway. So what else you got to bribe me with? Everything that I tried to bribe him with was stuff that he's supposed to already had. So the truth was I had to come truth with myself and realize he is the source and my supply. God is not my resource. He's not somebody I go to when I want a blessing. He is my source. He's the only somebody I can go to when I want a blessing. We got things so twisted in our own day, in our own life. We twist things to make it look like what we want it to look like. We change it up and dress it up so it looks like what we want it to. You can't do that with God. He is God by himself. The more we acknowledge him as being God, the more blessing comes through our life. So if you need to be blessed, give him back his seat. All right. So here we go. In other words, sanctification is a carrying on the perfection through what? Daily cleansing. It's a daily process, people. So every day you ought to be able to cleanse yourself. It ought to be something that you did yesterday that you don't do today. All right? If you did it ten times yesterday, nine times tomorrow. That's how you're going to start working on it, okay? All right. I have known people who with this last fast have dropped cigarettes. They don't even smoke no more. Now, they tell me, well, I'm getting big as a house. Well, at least you're still around. You might put on a little weight. That means now you got to go exercise. One thing offset the other. The devil was killing you with the cigarettes, and now you got life, and the devil want to kill you with food. So, what you got to do is learn some self control. I'm here for God's use, so that means I've got to take care of it. You know what? Let me ask you this. If the rapture does not occur, how is this building going to last you for the next? 50 years. What is your body gonna look like? What is it gonna be like? Are you taking care of this vessel enough that it's gonna last you for the next 20, 30 years? Or are you gonna need faith and oil for healing? See, some stuff we gotta do. Bag up in them chillings. Alright? If the don't if it don't digest, okay. All right, let me keep going. Let me stay out of that one. As saints, we realize we don't have it all together. Uh Uh-huh. I know I don't have it all together because I almost cussed the other day. I promise you, my kids got so mad. I got so mad at them. I almost said something. But I didn't, so I know I got some control. After I thought about it, I really wanted to go back and do it. Yeah, I know. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Me cussing, just get it out. Now I felt better. And they're going to be like, ooh, daddy, you said it. So I couldn't do it. And I can't do it. So I got to get rid of that. Whatever it was that's going to come out. I told y'all a couple of months ago, I had to stop and listen to Steve Harvey. Because he was saying some words that I couldn't say. And I know in this pulpit, y'all know me, if it come up, it's going to come out. And I might say it, so I had to stop watching and feed on that because it might come out. And I'm telling you, all y'all have to watch what you feed on because it may come out. And you might say, I, I might say, okay, what church are you come? from? I come from that blanketed church over there. It didn't mean to come out, but it slipped out because you had so much in you about it and you were so frustrated that your emotions exposed you. Understand? Now, of course, hopefully that don't happen, but I just gave you a worst-case scenario. All right. Here we go. So we don't have it all together. Philippians 3, this is what we can do. Since we don't have it all together, we got to understand Scripture. Philippians 3, verse 13 through 14, King James. Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I don't have it all together, but don't doggone, I'm shooting for God's best. I might not look like you think I look. I might not sound like the th- way you think I should sound, but I'm shooting for God's best. I want God's best, and all I want is a group of folks who want to follow me as I follow Christ, who want to get God's best. I'm not just after just the mediocre stuff. I want the big things in life. I want, the th- I want everything that Jesus paid the price for me to have. All right, let's go on. Now I'm going to get a little deeper into this, okay? Sanctified and useful. How many you sanctified? How many are useful? Yeah, boy, here we go. Holiness makes you useful and effective for God's purpose. 2 so Timothy 2, verse 20 through 26. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions. And the cheap ones are for everyday use. Now, hold on, God. You <laughs> sound like you're trying to talk about me. God said, you know what? Holiness and sanctify. You know, holiness, you know, holiness is, as, as a matter of fact, is when I set you apart for my use, you're a glorious goal. But sanctification is on your part. You just want to be a, a cup holder, you don't want to be the cup. You just want to be able to just, just, some of y'all say, you know what, I'm living my life on the edge. Just as long as I get raptured, I'm okay. If I don't get no rewards, as long as I'm in heaven, I'm all right. Really? This is talking about you. If you don't want God's best, and you're just settling for what you've got, you're not living nowhere near your means. Verse 21, if you keep yourself pure, you hear that? If who if you keep yourself pure, if you do your job, if you do your work, if you do what God told you to do, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. It's up to you. Now you, all you say is that you don't want to drink out of a filthy cup. So you, if you clean the cup, then you can feel more comfortable drinking out of it. How many of you ever went to a restaurant? And had a glass and it still have lipstick on it, and you ain't drank out of it. Yeah, that's nasty. You get a fork and it still has food on it. Just bring me some plastic silverware. I don't care how nice the, west, the restaurant is. Why? Because you don't want anything that's been used. So if you don't like it, how do you think God's supposed to feel? He set you aside for His use but you're being used by somebody else. If you keep yourself pure, that's, why the problem, that's it. If you keep yourself pure, do you realize that there's some stuff that's in you from a long time ago that will come back at you? And you have to fight to keep yourself pure, to keep yourself right. You have to keep telling yourself, I ain't going to do that. I'm not like that no more. I don't live that way no more. You have to remind yourself that you're not what you used to be, that you're pressing forward towards the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. I can't do what I used to do. I cannot. I can't go back. I can't go back. Man, I'll be, whoo, if I go, man, no, that's ugly. I can't go back. I can't. So if you keep yourself pure, the aspect of cleaning, of cleansing is mostly connected with the usefulness of service and your closeness to God. You hear me? When you keep yourself pure, it's telling, giving you an aspect that you're trying to stay connected to God because anytime he wants to use you, he can. Some of you all, and I say this to the preachers when I was teaching the ministers, uh, you don't realize when God's going to use you or want to use you. And if you've been messing up all last night and now somebody falls in front of you and needs hands laid on you, you can't even lay hands on them because of what you did last night. The devil is going to tell you how unworthy you are and how messed up you are and how unholy you are. You're going to do this last night, and you think that this demon is going to listen to you now. It ain't going to be so. It's short-circuit your faith. So you got to live in a point that whenever God wants to call on you to be used, you can. You may be in a grocery store shopping. Somebody might fall out. You need to go lay hands on them. You don't need to be wondering about what you did. Lord, first let me repent what I did last night because this person is dying. They really need me to get, get them delivered. And get, God ain't got time for all that. Live your life in a way that whenever the anointing calls upon you, you are available. Watch this. Let's go to the next one. Now we're going to get a little tougher, okay? There are certain bowls and plates that we use more than others or are set aside for some worthy purpose. Some people are more sanctified and useful to God than others. Now, I know some of y'all are getting hot when I was putting them together, I was saying, no, I shouldn't. I started to call my wife, but I know she probably was going to talk me out of it. And I said, no, I need to give you what God's given me. Okay? We, uh, my wife has this way of, of trying to teach us not to mess up the kitchen and to tell us that she's tired of washing all these pots, pans, and plates. So she goes out and buys these throwaway plates, paper plates. How many of y'all have ever eaten out of a paper plate? That person is saying, I'm tired of you messing up, and you're not going to put more work on me. So when she put those paper plates out, that's a signal to us if you're going to eat, enjoy this, you need to get that paper plate. Now, I have a a, a way of setting the standard. My wife would come in, and when she would fix my plate for me, she would get one of the plates the glass plates are the kids eating on paper plates. She know I don't like paper plates. You're missing it. What kind of plate are you? Ceramic. <laughs> 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 because in the house, both plates are there. They both going to handle food. But I've gotten to a point where I just don't like this. I don't, I, 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 I like, I, I don't want to say it, I don't want to offend you, but, but I have a standard. You know what I did? I went over to one of my sister's house to eat. And because everybody else was using paper plate, I used a paper plate. You know what she did? She gave me a ceramic plate. And you know what I did? I put my food on top of I got the paper plate sitting on the ceramic plate. So I'm so used to it that I wanted to have my food on, and they know how I am. So that told me that God said, you know how I am. Don't force me to use plastic when I want ceramic. Both of them are in the house, but you know what God prefer. Mm-hmm. You know what God prefer out of you. You know what he likes best for you. So why are you going to force him to use some plastic when he's trying to serve some important guests? He's trying to win a soul, but he has to use some some paper plates to serve his gospel on. You're right. It's counterfeit. It's not the real thing. It's just getting by. And we get mad at God. Why don't we see the miracles? Why don't we see the signs and the wonders? I said, so let me show you your life. It's not me. It's the vessels. God has a way of answering you. <laughs> and, he, and my next message when I get through with this is going to be evangelism. Because in my business, it's hard for me to find good workers. So I had the audacity to go to God and say, oh God, God, you, I have a problem. I, it's hard for me to find good workers. And God spoke back to me and said, I know exactly how you feel. I was like, oh, my God. He said, the laborers are plenteous. Said, no, no, the, 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 the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. I'm like, you go, God. I'm going to shut my mouth because we both got the same problem. Same problem. All right. We must agree and realize that some Christians are more able to be used by God than others. Because they have cleansed themselves and made themselves more usable for God. You can't get mad at me because God's blessing my life. You want to try to come and figure out what he's doing. What is he doing in your life, Pastor, that, that makes like everything come together? And I'm not bragging on me. I'm saying I sanctified myself. You know what? I could still be running the streets. I could still be running women. I ain't that bad looking. I ain't got old, a little chubby. And I'm working on this not so that I can run the street, but I'm working on it because I want to be healthy. But there's somebody out there that probably still want me. Mike, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm right, Miss Kane. Somebody probably still want me. <laughs> I'm trying to bag out that messed up situation I just put myself in. Yeah. Anyway. But, you know, I'm saying that there are people that still may want me out there. So if I really wanted to run the street, I probably could. If ain't nothing but some of them old young girls want my money, you know, they, they, I can still get out there. But because of the fact that I realize that I'm sanctified for his use, I can't let anybody else use me. I don't care how good she looks, I must put away that useful lust. I can't go after it because he's using me, and I'm so happy with what he's doing in my life that ain't nothing else out there worth it. You might look good. You might be all fine, but it's going to counteract what God's doing in my life, and you ain't worth it. I'm not talking about you. I'm not putting you down, but you just ain't worth what he's doing in my life. So my wife ain't got to run after me and wonder what I'm doing because she knows I'm either at the church or out there at the job or at the house. And if I'm in between, I'm calling her letting her know I'm on my way home. Why? Because I want her to know that I don't even trust myself. Now, that was too deep for y'all. The Bible says put no confidence in your flesh. I know that's heavy. You're going to get it one day. Keep reading. All right. And I'm not no weak man who's just out here. You know, forget it. Let's go back. It is left to us on how we want to be used by God. Now, here's going to get a little heavy to you. We have the potential to be used as a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. According to the Scripture, we could be a gold, a gold platter in the house of God or a garbage can in the corner. Oh, you need a garbage can. How many of you got garbage cans in your houses? You, you need garbage cans, don't you? To take out garbage. So we ain't knocking it. But you got a choice on how you want to be. And God leaves that choice up to you. It comes to you being sanctified. Well, I'm, I'm just happy being a garbage can in the corner. Okay, well, that's you. I want to be a gold platter. I want to be special. So what do you want to be? How do you want to be used? I didn't know it was this late. Let me go with this one more. How do I sanctify myself? How do I do it? Paul was talking to Timothy when he told him this. He said, run from anything that stimulates your useful lust. Most of y'all are adults in here, not too many youth in here but there's still some youthful lust that's inside of you. You think you still got it. God says, look, he said run from that. Uh-huh. Don't, don't, don't pray about it. Don't try to fight it. Run. Run away as in terror. Have y'all ever seen a rat or a mouse run from a cat? See, in your mind, you can almost see that can. That mouse is going all over there, and that cat is like right that. God said, that's how you need to flee useful lust. You need to flee it. You scramble, you running, you got all feet on the ground. you just going. you just getting away from it. Why? Because it has a way of coming in and making you lower your guard. And before you know it, you've messed up. God still loves you, but he puts you in the corner because now you're that garbage can. You were the platter, but because you wouldn't fight or you wouldn't flee. Now, he still loves you, but you have degraded yourself. I know that's heavy. And if you don't watch it, he'll raise up somebody else to take your place. He will anoint somebody else. To carry out your mission. Because you didn't want to be sanctified. Because of your issues, God said, I'll find me somebody else. He told Saul, he said, Saul, the kingdom has been stripped from you. I've found another to anoint. I've anointed David in your stead. Elijah, because of your weakness, you out here crying about this. He said, I tell you, get up and go anoint Elijah. For he shall be a prophet in your stead. Instead of you, he's going to be there. Who has took your place? Who has taken your anointing? Because you couldn't get your flesh in alignment. You couldn't get yourself together. I told you, God is the only somebody I can see fire you and leave you on the job. You still come to church, but you don't feel it. you singing on the praise team, but it ain't there. you read reading your Bible, but you don't get nothing. What you need to do is repent, acknowledge that you were wrong, get out of this stuff, and when your season come around again, fight or flee. Some stuff you can fight, some stuff you just need to flee because your season going to come again. Your testing will come again because you're going to have to pass this test if God's going to promote you to the next level. Some of y'all on the same level, and you've been there all your life. Guess what? Some people come up, these babies come up, and they got a seat beside you. You're in the same grade. And before you know it, they're going to graduate, and you, you're going to still be in your seat. Stop blaming God because our life ain't where it's supposed to be. Sanctify ourselves so that we can be holy and God can use us. It's time i just read the whole set of scriptures, and then you can go. Run from anything that stimulates your useful less. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. Hang around godly, folks, in other words. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish arguments, ignorant arguments. They only fight. They only gender strife. Some folks you, got, you can't argue with it please why you I ain't argue with you about you you, you call me a punk now I got to fight you then I'm going to prove you that I'm not sure if I'm a punk or not. okay? so you call me that I'm not going to fight you because I know who I am. I ain't got to fight you over something that I'm not. That ain't going. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel. But must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with what? <laughs> what does he got to be sanctified? Because you can't be fighting any kind of a Christian. But pastor, you just don't know how hard it is to get along with. It. The Bible says you gotta be patient with difficult people. When you see them, you just say, Yeah, you're difficult. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. My wife tells me I'm difficult. I am not difficult. Because you can't understand me. You think I'm difficult? I'm peculiar. (laughs) All right. Just instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God would change those people's heart and they would turn to the truth. Then They will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. This is where he's working on me right now, people. There's some situations going on in my life when I'm talking to people, they are difficult. And God's telling me, be patient. I'm like, God, my patience is at its end. He said, but just don't go to the end. I'm like, God, I'm trying to hold on. He said, well, yet, hang on. I'm like, God, but you know I want him. But God said, but you know you can't. I'm like, God, please. And he won't be quiet. I don't know y'all. I don't know how y'all say y'all can't hear from God. He's talking to me and he won't let me do what I want to do. God, let let me do this and I'll be okay. God said, you can't do that because I won't be okay. Some of y'all don't have these conversations. but, But I was like, God, come on, God. God, come on, God. You did it. But I was patient. Not willing that they should suffer. Why? So that they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. The devil have them blinded so that they can't see what I'm saying. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants them to do. So that's why they get next to you because the devil got them captive and he's making them do what he wants them to do because the devil knows he can't get to you. So he got them other folks getting to you. Now you got to be patient with those difficult people. And boy, it ain't easy. It makes you fall out on your knees and go talk to God about it. Because you can't hit them. You can't get back at them. You can't do this. You got to go tell it. Bow your heads. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.